0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Um, my name is DeckTech and and uh, Green Ranger's out today, so I'll be handling this one solo. He's getting a root canal, or just got one, or something, he's recovering. Uh, so, one iTunes review equals one prayer for him. So, uh, bless up. Um, today is September 8th. 2018, and uh, right now we're kind of in the middle of the KC Cup. Uh, it's pretty much all I've been doing this week in the dual world. I use Sea Stealth Attack to get to stage two pretty easily and uh, pretty early, actually. I did that on Monday, and it was easy because that deck has a really good matchup against the Endless Trap Hell Amazonist deck which was the most popular deck that I saw in Stage 1. Once you get a Sea Stealth attack out active, um, especially with the Citadel Whale, there's pretty much nothing they can do at that point if you play carefully, play around stuff, and then they just lose. And that's fun, because uh, once they figure it out, they just concede. They don't normally run Cosmic Cyclone, which would kind of be the one out for a lot of decks. And so you're pretty much safe from there. It was nice to get there early, but um, it did make me kind of forget to do the three daily games for the 50 gems that were awarded every day, uh, as far as I can tell. I think after maybe a couple days, uh, might have started a few days in instead of at the very start. But anyway, I missed it a couple times after I hit stage 2 because I was like, oh, I don't need to play anymore. And uh, that was obviously wrong. So make sure you get in your games. You don't want to leave those gems on the table. Keep playing. Even if you're not trying to push for the highest ranks, you might as well get a, essentially a free pack every day. Um, and then remember that stage two, It pretty much you just have to play a little bit to get the uh, SR ticket. And to there's like a huge jump in rewards for first place. Is kind of the only place that matters significantly after that so for the vast vast majority of us maybe everyone except for i don't know 10 maybe 20 players uh stage two is not really that important uh, unless you want some bragging rights or something but uh, it is important at least for people who are cheap to play like me to get in those three games every day to make sure you get those free gems anyway uh, moving into esports this week, uh, we have the Duel Links Meta MCS 11 that took place on uh, last week, September 1st, pretty much while slash right after we were recording. So that was in the middle of the stage one. Uh, the format for the MCS is each player brings two decks. The decks share card limits, so um, if a card's limited to one or two, you can only have one across both decks. Uh, but also for most cards, you can only have three across both decks. Um, in terms of the overall stats, the most popular deck in the tournament was Amazonas. There were 83 copies. Uh, and then Vampires, there were 69 nice copies. Um, way below those was the third most popular deck, Fur Hires, 39, then uh, UA, 31, Spellbooks, 24, Masked Heroes, 17 copies. And then after that, there was kind of only a smattering of other decks, that. so we'll call those kind of the non-meta decks. The top 16 roughly mirrored the overall tournament composition with the, a couple shakeups. Vampires ended up uh, taking over edging out the Amazonas as the most popular deck in that top cut, uh, 19 over 17 Amazonas, and then Fur Hires fell to the 5th most popular position with only 6 copies making it into the top 16, so UA and Spellbooks both kind of uh, just bumped up one slot. Of the off-meta choices, one of each of the Battery Men Archfiends and Aliens Also made the top 32 But unfortunately none of them made it to the very top uh, We're going to cover the top 4 Like we usually do And none of those were in there Just meta decks for us today um, uh, Let's go First place was Wayne Kenoff uh, He brought Cyberstyle Vampires And Parasite Infestation Amazonas And um, If we look at it, so Green Ranger is the guy who's played more vampires. He took over that set, so he gave me a couple notes. He says um, it's fun to see how vampires have evolved over time. This could be paving the way with just one Gozuki. We see that here. One Gozuki in his list. Three Samurai Skull. Uh, The Skull is much stronger in this deck um, as Green Ranger says, and obviously Wayne agreed. And he also notes that Simultaneous Loss is no longer a staple in the deck, but it does make it into Wayne's list. So it's a little unclear maybe if Wayne is on the cutting edge or if Wayne's going with just the cards he has. <laughs> um, we'll see. I also note that uh, Wayne is running one Vampire Crimson, which is a card that we don't see in all or even most of the decks, as far as I can tell. That looks a little different, so... The Parasite Infestation Amazonist deck looks to be about, you know, what you would expect. Nothing crazy exciting. Three Paleozoic Canadia. Um, Because, you know, people who compete in these tend to have a lot of money into the game and they can afford things like that. But otherwise, just about what you would normally see. Um, This was no, uh, what's it called, whistle to get the jade uh, out, so the or no jade whistle to get the parasite out, the parasites are just in there to disrupt the draw and maybe deal a little bit of damage, so this is what we were talking about as a, one of the ways you'd want to go as maybe less over um, objectively powerful as the endless trap hell version but perhaps a better meta call because it lets you have a little bit more room for tech cards and of course disrupting your opponent's draw while also dealing them a thousand damage is certainly not weak so it's a good strong solid deck but nothing too exciting there uh second place was rafa with cyber style vampires and switcheroo masked heroes um The Vampires is the BLS version, so it runs the one BLS. Um, It also runs Hey, Trunade instead of Simultaneous Loss, which is a little bit interesting. Um, Green Ranger, again, he's the guy, the vampire expert of the two of us. He says he likes the BLS version, uh, or at least finds it valid. There's a lot of synergy with it in the deck, and the deck can kind of ramp up easily, so it makes for a good final boss type monster. Um, The Masked Heroes we see here is running two Offering of the Doomed, which is a card we haven't seen in a little bit, and it runs three Cosmic Cyclones to activate Switcheroo, um, and also just feels decent in the meta. A lot of decks seem to be pretty reliant on um, a particular spell or trap, usually continuous, that stays on the field so it's a solid card right now as i noted uh, in my personal kc cup climb i would not have done nearly as well if there were a bunch of cosmic cyclones in the meta those are the matchups that were um harder and probably ended up being a net negative for me uh, there weren't a ton of them though so but matchups where they got a cosmic cyclone are the rough ones um and, and by the way, if you're playing sea stealth and you see a lot of cosmic cyclones, you need to decide if it's worth it to run a um, I forget what it's called legendary ocean, or if it's just a clue that you need to switch decks. And sometimes that happens especially when you're making a specific meta call. Um, but going back to the, uh, the tournament, third place was Jason, uh, another familiar name. Uh, He's running Cyber-Style Vampires and Sealed Tomb Amazonas. So the Cyber-Style Vampires is similar to what we were seeing before, except it's 22 cards. Um, It runs the BLS, and it runs six of what are called Foolish Burial Monsters, the Gozuki and the Skull. So it's interesting that he adds cards, but he's at the same time kind of raising the consistency of, of those monsters to make up for the additional cards added to the deck. He's also got one hey Trunade and one Treacherous Trap Hell uh, Hole, so it's a little bit interesting. Um, the Sealed Tombs Amazonas is not something you see often, but we might be seeing it more, especially in these tournaments, because it seems to be a specific counter or answer to the rise of vampires, which has been... Uh, which has done very well. As we've seen, obviously, in this tournament, it was a very good call. He expected to see a lot of them in the meta and it ended up working out for him. Other than the skill, he runs two Cosmic Cyclones and two Treacherous Trap Holes and uh, three Paleozoic Canadia, all uh, the monsters you kind of would expect. Pretty standard-looking cards, but the uh, skill is definitely noteworthy and something we might see more of in the future. And finally, uh, tied in the third to fourth place is Lord Arkthor, who ran uh, Ties That Binds Fur Hires and Switcheroo Spellbooks. Uh, Green Ranger <laughs> mentioned that last week he was thinking that the Fur Hires would switch into kind of more of a control deck after the nerfs, and it turns out that they kind of went the opposite way. Um, the ability to search out the Dyna with beat makes it so that that nerf didn't really hit them as hard in terms of your normal gameplay and it seems like maybe the the way that it hurts you more is that um you can't do the double uh Dyna lockdown so kind of switches them even less likely to be a control deck um this version this build by lord arcthor is running three sphere karibos which is kind of interesting something we don't see that often um and it runs uh two hate hey two mayhem one treacherous trap hole uh, monsters are about what you'd expect aside from the sphere karibos so um, this might be something that we see a little bit more standard going forward since you can't run econs anymore um but it seems pretty solid uh, one other thing to note is that the, uh, the water version, the sea stealth attack version of Fur Hires seems to have fallen by the wayside or, uh, as Green Ranger put it here in the notes for me, sunk. So, haha, dad jokes for the win. Uh, Switcheroo Spellbooks, his list looks pretty standard, um... Nothing too exciting here. You've got the Cosmic Cyclones can help activate your switcheroo. So it's kind of like a... It feels like it's a comfort deck that also seems to be a decent meta call. And, um, you know, good for him. It it went well. It worked out for him. So that's pretty solid. Uh, I took a quick look at the rest of the top 16 lists, and it seems like they're pretty much all just the meta decks. Uh, A couple of the UAs made it into the later, uh, finishes, but that's kind of the only notable thing, uh, is that that's where all the, the UAs ended up, none of those off-meta decks that we talked about made it into the top 16, so, that's where we are there, uh, the next tournament that we want to cover is the Duel Links Meta Weekly number 36, this took place on, uh, September 5th, It had the same two-deck submission, same deck-building rules, um, but obviously taking place a couple days later, it seems to have been shaped a bit by how the MCS went, and probably by how uh, the KC Cup was going. So, generally speaking, Vampires took over as the most popular deck. There were 34 instances of it out of uh, the 65 players, and 33 Amazonas, so it just barely became the most popular deck. Um, Masked Heroes, which we talked about, did pretty well um, in the MCS. Ended up becoming shooting way up to the third most popular deck with 21 instances of people bringing it. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but it, it did pretty well in this tournament. It seems like it might be the story of the tournament that uh Masked Heroes has kind of made a comeback, probably not as your first deck, as your first deck will likely either be Vampires or Amazonas, but as a solid maybe second deck choice for a lot of people, so that's pretty interesting to see it make a comeback. Uh, the other popular decks include UA, 8 copies, Silent Magician, 7 copies, and Fur hires 7 copies. Those are kind of like the meta decks, and then there's a bunch of decks that are only 3, 2, or 1 copies. Uh, the top 16 mostly mirrored the overall uh, meta composition, except Vampires pulled away a little bit as uh, the top performing deck. There were 11 copies in the top 16, and 8 Amazonists, so it wasn't quite as close as the overall breakdown was. Um, and Let's see, Mast Heroes was still third place for higher. Silent Magicians, UA all placed, and the lone Gemini player ended up making the top 16 cut, but again, unfortunately, not the top four. So going into the specific decks, we first place was Jano with Switcheroo Mast Heroes. Uh, again, this is pretty much what you would expect to see. The three Cosmic Cyclones to help activate your switcheroo and to disrupt their back road. Two Treacherous Trap Hole. Um, you know, Destiny Draw. The, the Drill Art Guy. Celestial. Pretty much what you'd see. Uh, malicious Mass Change, of course, because that's the point. And Vion. So, uh, this deck looks to be pretty standard now at this point. And... You know, sometimes you just bring a good deck, and you don't have to be flashy, and you just do well with it. And the same kind of goes for his Cyber-style Vampires deck. It runs five of the Foolish monsters, so two Gozuki, three Skull. It runs no BLS. It runs no Vampire Vamp. Um, It runs two hey Trunade. It's, it seems like very unflashy, just solid cards, solid deck. He clearly did well with it. So uh, congrats to Jano, but there's not too much we could talk about there. Uh, second place, Monkey Boy, 44. He got uh, he brought cyberstyle uh, vampires running the BLS version. And uh, he does have a vampire vamp, and his runs one cosmic cyclone as well and the two Trunades, so a slightly interesting split there, 21 cards total. And he ran Switcheroo uh, Master Heroes as well. Looks pretty similar, slightly different monster composition. Um, Jano ran uh, One Dreamer, whereas Monkey Boy does not. And yeah, that's the only difference in the monster composition. And in terms of the spells, the spells are actually a little bit different, spells and traps. Um, Monkey Boy runs a 21-card version, whereas Jano ran 20 cards. And in doing so, he made a little bit of extra room. He's got one Offerings to the Doomed, one Forbidden Chalice, and two Treacherous uh, Trap Holes, whereas um, Jano only ran one, and like I said, had the Dreamer and... Only and one fewer card. So, third place, Black Jesus, uh, again, cyber style vampires, and uh, this time my monster cards. Amazon as a second deck. Um, the cyber style vampires is the BLS version. It's also the first version, as far as we can tell, that we've seen, or as much as we remember, uh, that runs Fear Karibo. and. Uh, Green Ranger notes that there's a little bit fewer Filler Vampire cards. It seems to be about the same, Um, but uh, I guess one or two cards less. So um, I guess he's kind of trying to streamline it to make room for that Sphere Karibo and the BLS, of course. Um, Two Haytronade, no Cosmic Cyclones, just to kind of fill out the rest of the info there. The My Monster Cards Amazonists, uh we talked about it before. I'm not sure if the better meta call is to run My Monster Cards or one of the disruption skills of the Parasite or the Sealed Tombs, but I do think that running a version that is not Endless Trap Hell might be the better meta call in, um, in running your Amazonist these days because it lets you run cards like Cosmic Cyclone, which I think are pretty solid right now. Um, also lets you run as Black Jesus does, uh, Super Rush Headlong, also a solid card right now, and uh, Forbidden Chalice, which uh, is always kind of solid. That's pretty much what he was doing in this one. Seems, you know, uh, by running that skill, you don't have to run as many traps, so it allows you kind of more of these tech slots, so seems pretty solid. I like it. And then finally, uh, tied for 3rd, 4th place as well is Saber Dark, with Cyber-style uh, vampires and a beatdown masked hero. So that's a little bit different. Um, the Cyber-style vampires is the first one we've seen with Jinzo, which uh, Green Ranger says was kind of only a matter of time coming. Uh, the deck can do a lot of ramp. ...type stuff, so it makes sense that um, you would kind of ramp up into one of the better tribute monsters, especially when trap cards are pretty powerful. Um, not the most important in this meta, but very solid, of course, against the Amazonas and it would be solid against me with my Sea stealth uh, But Sea stealth looks like it overall would have been a very bad call for these, um, for these tournaments. It seems like their meta is a little bit different than what I'm seeing on the KC Cup... And uh, and on the ladder So anyway He runs the Jinzo He also runs two simultaneous loss Which is a little bit interesting Because as we noted That card is not really core to the deck anymore um, And obviously you can anti-synergy yourself But clearly you So with so few cards that have that anti-synergy You would just kind of plan around it And not worry about it The Beatdown Masked Heroes is uh, mostly just interesting because it's running beatdown. Most people have not been running that recently. Uh as we just ran through, we saw a lot of people running switcheroo instead. But it looks like he still uh enjoys beating it. <laughs> so uh that was inappropriate. Anyway, um the the deck composition seems to be about what you would expect. There's only one drill art uh drill dart but um and one Dreamer, I guess, might be something that you might not expect. But uh, two Cyclone, three Mass Change, two Hay Trunade, two Chalice, one Polymerization, and one Treacherous Trap Hole seems to be about what you would expect. So that'll do it for our um, eSports meta section, uh, This Week in eSports, there are, of course, not a ton of tournaments going on while the in-game tournament, the KC Cup, is going on, and so that's not too surprising. Uh, speaking of the KC Cup, moving on to the news, I talked about it, we talked about it last week, and then I also talked about it a little bit at the top, so I'm not so much going to cover kind of the meta or anything, but I am going to cover a few hiccups uh, that I saw the first was that there was apparently some sort of issues with connectivity or something like that. Um, it They had to shut down the KC Cup for a couple of hours to do some sort of emergency fix, and then um, they brought it back, and they gave us 50 free gems as compensation for it being down for a little bit. Uh, apparently, this well, this all happened while I was at work. I don't know how long it was down, but it could not have been super long Um and so the, for the people who are grinding at the very top, that was probably pretty stressful and unfortunate. But uh, as mentioned before, the second stage is not the for most players really. And so this isn't a huge, um, inconvenience. And it clearly didn't last super long. So I don't think it's that bad. The 50 free gems is a nice little compensation. Um, for something that didn't affect me at all. So hopefully it didn't mess you up too much if it did. Uh, the second issue is apparently unrelated because it's still ongoing. Uh, the current at the time that I'm recording this first place player is a person who's named himself hashtag fixyourgame. And he is way above any other player, more than twice the score of the second place player. And there are allegations from at least one, probably more, of the other top players uh, that this is not a reference to those earlier hiccups, but to the fact that this guy is actually openly cheating. He's got a mod that uh, instantly makes his opponent concede or something like that. And apparently the intent of this is to kind of prove a point, that the game's busted and that I guess the KC Cup doesn't matter as long as it's busted or something like that. Unfortunately, it seems like every KC Cup uh, has some sort of cheating scandal or two. And um, as we talked about before, it's also unfortunate but probably true that this is just kind of the way the game has to work based on how it's designed um, to make things easier on Konami's servers. A lot of what is done in the game is kind of done on our devices. And so if our devices are sending false information through mods or whatever, then um, that isn't on the Konami servers. It's harder for them to track that. The upside is that it does seem like Konami's decent at policing it. And obviously in this case, uh, there doesn't even seem to be any intent to hide it. So there's not; it's not going to uh, be difficult for them to catch this guy. Uh, he's kind of just putting it out there. And so... That's kind of what we need to rely on. It seems uh, for the competitive integrity of this game is to kind of have that period where Konami can look back at the data and say, oh, this person's win rate, win rate was way too inflated, and um, they probably have stats that can show that every one of his opponents uh, ended up conceding, so clearly there's something wrong there. Um, and they'll probably just take him out pretty quickly. But as well as anyone else who's using a similar mod, and then the you know they'll fix they'll adjust the scores as they have done in the past when they've removed cheaters. One interesting thing to note is that Decade, or at least someone going by Decade, so I'm going to assume that it's Decade, is currently in second place, both in the NA uh, region and globally. So if all holds, and assuming that uh, hashtag FixYourGame will be removed, as would be the only reasonable um, response, then Decade is on track to get another Worlds invite. So that's uh, cool, exciting to see him uh, hopefully going back over there, hang out with his friends, and uh, it's nice to have a top a person who's giving back so consistently and so publicly to the community to do well. So good luck to him with that. Uh, Next news point, there are a couple new trader cards. First, we've got the Familiar Possessed uh, Area and the Familiar Possessed Win. Uh, These are the same as the last bunch of cards that were added to the trader, so we're not surprised that they're there now. Uh, Unfortunately, like the other ones that were added to the trader, they're kind of useless. They're not good enough um, at this point. They're the ones that you can steal... Uh, your opponent's monster, and then, like, double tribute or something is kind of the plan, but that's not really where the game is at this point, so uh, you're not going to want those. They're both SRs as well, which, that doesn't seem worth it. Uh, The other card that's added is just an N. It is Wonder Garage, a trap card, which reads, When this face-down card is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon one level 4 lower machine-type roid monster from your hand. So... Uh, There's not a ton of destroy, face-down, trap effects in the meta right now. We're not playing in the storm meta that we were kind of very early on in the game. So it seems like you probably will be destroying this yourself. Um, Destroy is kind of a a special word in Duel Links, as we talked about before. So uh, it's not just any time you send it to the graveyard yourself. You have to actually use a destroy effect with something like maybe a double cyclone or a parallel twister. Uh, I hope that's correct, because I didn't look them up to check his notes, but um, anyway, one of those cards that destroys, as opposed to, um, like, tribute or send. Uh, But even if you do, the payoff doesn't seem great. A level 4 lower, machine type roid monster, that would be like for a tribute effect or something, um, or just to cheat one out, but the roids aren't super strong, and you often would run them with some other form of cheating them out anyway, like uh, Ties of the Brethren. So uh, I don't think this will see any play, but it's just an end, so maybe you can pick it up if you're interested, because, you know, it's not going to cost you very much. So uh, that's kind of it. Nothing too exciting there, really, but that is what we have. Next, we have the Duel-a-thon, as kind of the ongoing event um, that's running alongside the KC Cup. They like to do this where they have kind of a low um, low effort event going on with the KC Cup, probably for players who don't feel like playing in the KC Cup but uh, do want something to do. But at the same time, they don't want to make the players who are playing in the KC Cup feel like they have to split their attention. So they do something like this where it's really easy for you to just kind of auto-duel and complete it um, Which is what I've been doing. So you don't have to really try very hard on this one. There are two new cards in it. Um, One is a three-star light spellcaster monster called the Spellstone Sorcerer Karud. Um, It is an effect monster, so its stats read, Once per turn, when another monster's effect is activated, while there is no Spellstone counter on this card, you can place one Spellstone counter on this card. This card gains 300 defense for each spellstone counter on it. Uh, Once per turn, you can remove one spellstone counter from your side of the field to select one card in your opponent's graveyard and remove that card from play. And I don't think I got the stats out there. The stats are 800 attack, 1900 defense. So obviously a very defensive card uh, stats-wise. The effect is, is also almost always going to be defensively used kind of to disrupt your opponent's play. Uh, Could be relevant to Amazonists, uh, vampires, masked heroes. It disrupts a little bit. Spellbooks, it could disrupt, but it also could help (laughs) um, uh, depending on how many cards they have in their grave, if they need uh, one in their grave, depending on if they have any spellbooks of eternity left. So... Um, anyway there are some uses for removing from graveyard um unfortunately the problem is like whether this card is worth it um to put into your deck to get that effect and it seems like there's not really a great fit for it anywhere it, it is a spellcaster so spellbooks is like something that might be an option um but that deck seems pretty tight, so we don't think it's going in there. Amazonas is another deck that comes to mind because it has an easy activation in uh, in the Princess, and because you can pitch it if you don't need it, again, by the Princess. Um, so <clears throat> that that might be a place for it, but again, it doesn't seem impactful enough to me to do it, but then again, we have people who are running... Uh, the sealed tombs as their skills, so maybe it is worth it to try that out. We only have one copy, um, but I don't think you'd want to run more anyway. So, anyway, the other card that we get is a trap called Zero Force. Uh, it reads: Activate only when a face-up monster you control is removed from play. The attack of all face-up monsters on the field becomes zero. So uh, this is an interesting card um, Very powerful <clears throat> Because it's not until end of turn So you can use it uh, Similarly to like a mirror wall Used to be used to kind of Mess up their attacks And uh, and they attack in And take a bunch of damage And lose a guy for a huge tempo swing um, Obviously Like I said since it's not till the end of turn You can also use it on their turn Excuse me Use it on their turn and then set up kind of a lethal on your next turn. Um, the problem is that there's not a ton of ways to remove your monster from the field, and then if you do, uh, you might like kind of lose some advantage there. We talked about it last week as an uh, interesting card with the tuners that are probably coming. Um, DD Sprite has some synergy as well. Um, so do Dimension Gate and Sea Stealth Attack. So... Uh, The card's very strong if we get those activators, Um, so, you know, maybe we'll see play there. Uh, Sea Stealth Attack, I've been running a lot of it. It, My version currently still runs uh, the Fishborg Planter, so I'm very careful to kind of limit how many spells and traps I have in it, but I have seen versions that are, uh, are shying away from that method, that card, uh, which also makes sense because that card's very bad against vampires, so maybe this is kind of a way to go in the future. Play a few more spells and traps, including this one, and you can really get uh, that engine going, or just kind of take advantage of a tempo play. Usually, once you have Sea Stealth out, you're already winning, but sometimes they could put you in a situation where. Um, you have to use the sea stealth to protect your stuff, but then they have lethal if you, if they do that, and so um, you're kind of in a no-win situation, so this can help with that. Or sometimes you have the sea stealth before you have a seven-star uh, seven monster, and so this can ha- kind of help with that, um, make that kind of feel less dead. And anyway, seems like a powerful card that we'll probably see some play if we can figure out a good place to put it. Uh, finally, obviously this is a pretty short episode since there's only one of us instead of two, uh, so you get kind of a half-sized one. Sorry about that. If you were expecting more, he will be back next week if, uh, if we get enough of those iTunes review prayers. <laughs> um, anyway, in upcoming news, uh, early September... Cyrus is coming to the gate. Uh, we're pretty much wrapping up early September, so that should be happening probably right after the uh, KC Cup ends. On September 13th, a very specific date, uh, deckless features are coming. Uh, the reason why we have that specific date is that they were uh, the changes were delayed, and so we talked about them before, but they'll be implemented then, and the deck board will be removed at that point. In mid-September, a long-awaited character uh, will be obtainable. We're thinking U-Bell. Uh, In late September, it seems pretty much guaranteed that 5Ds is coming. So we get some card games on motorcycles. Meme time. Uh, And then early October, there's going to be a new team event featuring Esperoba. So um, you can check that out if you're interested. So, that's the show this week. Uh, Thanks for listening to me babble for about half an hour and a bit. Uh, If you like the show, you can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Overcast, YouTube, and more. Uh, You can check out the podcast and more at the website. Um, This also has, of course, all these show notes. So, that's at thedualassessment.wordpress.com. You can also check us out on Facebook. And you know, if you prefer that as your method, uh, www.facebook.com thedualassessment slash the dual assessment. check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Email us at thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or tweet us, that's probably where we get most of our interactions. So you can uh, tweet us at dual underscore assessment, uh, him at greenrangerccg, and me at hsdecktech. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you next week.